Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good Friday morning, big weekend coming up. Welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. Great to have you with us. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon. And uh, you can catch us streaming on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports or on Facebook, Chatterbox Sports. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell anybody you want. We encourage your comments on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me at Tom Brenneman TV. TV is in television. Big show today after what I thought was anyway. A great show yesterday. Today we have Paul Doherty, famed sports columnist here in Cincinnati, coming up in about 15 minutes. The voice of the Bearcats and the voice of the Bengals, Dan Horde, is stopping by around 11. Our voice of the fan, Zim Hude, at 11.30 today. And, of course, it's Friday, which means we, Casey McAllister and Brandon Seho. Brandon, welcome back. We... Make our weekly picks. Are you guys ready for your picks this week? After a very mediocre week from both of you, I might add. I am looking forward to reclaiming my title as number one. Okay. Good luck. Okay, good luck. All right, here we go. Last night in the NFL, the Chiefs rallied to beat the L.A. Chargers 27-24. Justin Herbert threw a 99-yard pick six. For Kansas City and adding to the Chargers woes Herbert in the final five minutes suffered a rib injury more on that in the coming days but think about this for a minute okay Herbert unbelievably talented guy there's no question about it enormously talented guy and seems like a really cool guy does a lot of great stuff off the field but he couldn't get his team in the playoffs last year last night he gets a 10-0 lead the Chiefs defense Force punts on six of the next eight possessions the Chargers had the ball for a total of 75 yards. 75 yards of offense. Kansas City's defense is good. It ain't that good. And oh, by the way, one of the other two possessions they didn't force a punt was the 99-yard pick six. Okay? Just saying. Bengals and the Cowboys will tee it up in Big D at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's coming on Sunday. That's CBS. Uh, the Bengals, a seven-point road favorite. Now, T. Higgins did not practice yesterday due to personal reasons. He is still in concussion protocol. Signs were looking good. He might be back, but we don't know what's going on with him. We hope all is well. Uh, he took that cheap shot. Still can't believe uh, there hasn't been some kind of fine announced. Maybe there was a fine and they just didn't announce it. The Bengals have a new snapper on punts and kicks, as you know, for the remainder of this season. Longtime Bengal Clark Harris out for the year. And now it's Cal Adamitis. He is an undrafted rookie out of Pitt. But he was a first-team All-American last year. And in fact, he won what is known as the Patrick Manley Award. And you're saying, well, what is that? That is given to college football's best long snapper. So, if you got to have somebody to take care of his spot, they might have the right guy. But this is his first NFL game. It's pretty big league. 
The other three AFC North teams look to remain unbeaten this weekend. Cleveland is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the New York Jets. Baltimore, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Miami. That could be a good game. Miami looked good in week one. It was at home, granted, uh, and the jury's out on Tua, but they look pretty good. And go figure this one, okay? And, and this is where the whole Vegas and the odd makers and that guy, something is up here, okay? The wise guys, they know something. They know a lot. But, but here at Pittsburgh is at home, coming off a win, where let's be honest, their defense was really good against the Bengals, forcing the turnovers. I know that the Bengals revved it up in the second half, but their defense played well, offense not much. But they are a two-point underdog at home to New England who looked awful last week in getting hammered down in Miami. I don't know. That's why I don't gamble. UC and Miami on the college front play for the victory bell tomorrow. That's at Paycor Stadium. And for the record, it's a 12 o'clock kick, and Miami of Ohio is the home team. The two teams have met 125 times over 130 years. And if you weren't with us yesterday, it was great to have the Red Hawks head coach Chuck Martin on the program. We thank him for his time once again. The Ohio State Buckeyes get Jackson Smith and Jigba back, their first team All-American. Future number one pick was injured in the opening minutes of the Notre Dame game, did not play in week two. He's back tomorrow, Buckeyes night game in Columbus against Toledo. Youngstown State at number nine, Kentucky. Louisville plays tonight against Florida State in Louisville. I got to make sure I – Louisville, Louisville, you know the whole deal. Louisville, thank you. Ohio University is on the road at Iowa State. All eyes will be dialed in on that game. Is that game even on television? I don't know. Oh, you – Oh, you should be. There should be just a designated H. like like Notre H. Dame has NBC. Right. There should be a designated Showtime, prime time, something OU, like that. Yes. And by the way, um, while we're on the subject of football, Amazon Prime last night, okay, is now the Thursday night rights holders, and they go out and they spend a fortune, and they bring in the great Al Michaels, they bring in Kirk Herbstreit, who's so good. I love their pregame show. Carissa Thompson is as talented as anybody. I don't care if she, male, female, makes no difference. She is unbelievable on television. Ryan Fitzpatrick was very impressive. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. I was talking to a bar owner last night. The amount of money that they are charging bar owners uh, to have those games, I think a lot of people, if it hadn't already happened last night, maybe you didn't get out last night, maybe you're going with your buddies or whatever next Thursday night to watch a game or later in the year when the Bengals are on. Um, I think you're going to find that a lot of bars don't have those games. I was at a bar last night and they had it, but it was only like three of the TVs that had it synced up with their, you know, yeah. app. And yeah. then it wasn't connected to the audio inside of the bar. Yeah. So they were just turning the TVs up as loud as they can, which was like, 10% of the volume than what you're used to watching a normal game. Yeah, uh, yeah th th this is going to be a big deal for some people, I think. I mean, people like going on a Thursday night if they're able, you know, the whole nine yards. I mean, I'm not saying everybody and his brother's out on Thursday night because most people get up the next day and they go to work and all that kind of thing. But especially people your age, you guys, I mean, Thursday night. Well, that Kate, was the night in Athens, Ohio. Casey's all wiped up. Well, not yeah. yet. He's not married yet. Will be. Well, but. I know, but not yet. 
We got great marital advice yesterday by Tracy Jones. We're going to post that later on Twitter today. That might have been the single funniest segment we have ever had yesterday here on Off the Bench. Uh, One final note you probably saw in tennis. Story broke yesterday during the day. Roger Federer, third most Grand Slam titles of all time at 41 years young. He has decided to retire. Class act all the way. Without a doubt, the most popular professional tennis player in the history of the Western Southern Open. He's won it a number of times. He's embraced the area when he comes here. He talks so highly about it all the time and how much he loves coming here, bringing his family here through the years. And so we wish him nothing but the very, very best. Now, all of a sudden, I guess we're wondering if Serena Williams is really retired. I'll tell you what, the Western and Southern Open, I'm not the biggest tennis guy, but when I moved back here to start covering it, one of my favorite events every year. You got- that, it's the best event. Single, you know, well, it's a week long. It's the single best run event by far in this town. No question about it. And you get, it kind of has like an Olympic feel where you get fans from all over the country, all over the world. And then those players love playing in it because it's out in Mason. It's not in the middle of a big city. That's right. And then it gets them warmed up for the U.S. Open. And it's a pretty big tournament. It's one of those eight majors still. Yep. And uh, like, I think my first year I covered, it was Nadal versus Djokovic. And Djokovic won. Now he completed winning all eight majors. And it's just you have those huge names right in your backyard. It's one of the great things about Cincinnati. Yep, it is. It is. All right, when we come back, uh, Paul Doherty will be joining us. And among other things, we'll be talking about the Bengals game coming up in Dallas this weekend. Talk about the UC-Miami game. Is that still a rivalry? I mean, when when all of a sudden it becomes so one-sided, now, there have been a lot of tight games in recent years between those two teams. Last year being an exception, but the, the number of years since Chuck Martin uh, has become head coach, Miami has played UC pretty tough. Um, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen tomorrow, but I mean, is it still a rivalry? You know, we'll ask Doc about that. And um, so we'll find out what's going on with Paul Doherty. Stay with us. Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time. And if you need a new unit... Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, ask about Bartels 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartelsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartels Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. 
Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. A pleasure to be joined uh, once again by our buddy Paul Dockerty. Just retired recently as a uh, longtime, 30-plus years columnist, lead columnist at Cincinnati Inquirer. Now, 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 Doc, you are bringing back the morning line. Tell us where we can find that because it's so popular for anybody who is a sports fan. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, the morning line. .substack.com. Very simple. Go there, read it for free. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get it in your email every time that I write it. And I, I plan on writing it at least three times a week. So, yeah, we've resurrected it after a couple of month layoff. We're working through a few kinks and, and hopefully we'll make it uh, bigger and better than it was before. Well, I, I have no doubt it will be bigger and better, although I don't know if you can get bigger and better. That was uh, it was fabulous when you were doing it uh, at the paper. Um What's your lead topic this week? Does it start with the Bengals since that's the biggest news in town? I think anything in, in September involving the Bengals is the lead story. Uh, I, I can't imagine the interest in, in, in anything else being even close to being quite as high. Now, going back to 1990, and this is based on a 16-game schedule. As we know, the NFL now has a 17-game schedule. But, I, I, you know, look, there's not enough data, and you haven't done it long enough to start. But the bottom line is, since 1990, any team that starts a season 0-2, 12% chance of making the playoffs. The Bengals, I, I don't know if you agree with me, Doc. I think this is a must-win game, even though it's only week two. I, I, it's hard to say anything in the NFL, parity being what it is, is a must game in September. But but if there were such a thing, Tom, I think, yeah, I, I, I they can't lose this game and, and they won't. I, I'd bet your house that, that the Bengals will, will beat the Cowboys <laughs> and, and, and they should cover. I, I'd say I'd bet my house, except one name you know, haunts my dreams this week, and that is Mike White. Uh, you might recall what Mike White, the one and only, did to the Bengals last year uh, in the Meadowlands for the Jets. Mike White was making, I believe, his second career start, and I think he's made four altogether. Uh, and all he did against the Bengals in the Meadowlands that day was throw for 405, and, and the Jets beat the Bengals. So it's with that bit of reservation, and I, and I do remember back in in the day, in my feeble brain, I can recall them losing a playoff game to one P.J. Yates. Uh, I, I can recall them losing in Chicago last year to uh, Justin Fields, who took over after Andy Dalton got hurt in the second quarter. Um, they, they've lost to the likes of Brian Hoyer. So there's always that doubt. Um, but that that said, I, I, I think we're going to deal with uh, – uh, an eager Joe Mixon to, to run against a, a bad Cowboys run defense, a pissed-off Joe Burrow, and, and and somebody named Cooper Rush, who, who could be this year's Mike White. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd rather doubt it. I, I think the Bengals win, and I think they cover. 
Cooper Rush, by the way, we brought it up yesterday. He's only made one NFL start. That was in week eight against Minnesota last year when Dak Prescott was, was hurt again. And um, he threw three touchdown passes, and they won the game. Uh, now, Minnesota yep. last year wasn't, wasn't all that good. But, I mean, it's not like Doc all of a sudden, you know, this kid's walking on the field. He's only played in 11 games, if you include taking over a little bit last week after Prescott uh, injured his thumb. So, I mean, but like you said, I mean, the NFL, and especially against the Bengals, has been littered with guys that, that get the chance. And when you get the chance, what do you do with it? He'll be at home. He's been in the system for four or five years. So he's not some guy they just brought in off the street where they got to get the playbook down to a handful of plays for him. I, yeah, I, I agree. That that said, uh, Cooper Rush is uh, second or third on the depth chart for a reason. Uh, if, if the Bengals play the way they should play, and the defense played well last week. I think they held the Steelers to under 200 total yards. Um, if, if they can repeat that, um, I just think the mojo on, on the other side of the ball is headed in the right direction. Like I said, a, 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 an angry focus Joe Burrow is not a guy that the Cowboys can deal with and I, I don't think they will on Sunday all right something came to my just off the top of my head and, and I'm curious to hear your opinion I know what the answer is going to be from a strictly media standpoint okay as a guy that that, that for years and years and years uh, had to follow the team write about the team in some cases cover the team you'd go to games and so forth would you rather have an owner like Jerry Jones or Mike Brown <laughs> I, I from a strictly media standpoint no 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 I'm asking you I, I think I, your answer from a media standpoint would say well of course Jerry okay. Jones I mean you know he says stuff yeah. but I'm just saying as a fan of an organization living in a city would you rather have Jerry Jones or Mike Brown I, I think I would give the edge to Jerry Jones he's got a few more rings than Mike Brown um he 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 gives the appearance of, of winning mattering above all else. Um, he has spent the money. He, he understands that it's a business. Uh, and for the Cowboy brand to be as powerful as it's been traditionally, historically, they have to win. On the other hand, they haven't done a really good job of that lately. I mean, you go back to the Aikman, Emmett, Irvin glory years, which were 20 years ago. Uh, longer, they haven't done much at all. Tom. No, they, they no. have not won. They have not, certainly not by cowboy standards. And, and I, I think, just as a human being, maybe, maybe you get a little tired of Jerry Jones. I mean, you get tired in Cincinnati of, of Mike Brown not putting out of a winning product. Believe me, I know. Uh, I, I never got tired of Mike Brown, the person, and, and fans might say, well, so what? We, we don't care if he's a nice guy or an interesting man, what have you. We just want to win. Uh, but I think there is something to be said for, for being a decent human being. Not that Jerry Jones is, is, is not. He, he just, he's Jerry Jones. Yeah. Uh, um, and if you're not winning big, the, the name Jerry Jones doesn't, doesn't come with the cachet that it has in the past. So I'm not really answering your question. I guess if I were a fan uh, of, of either team, I'd rather have Jerry Jones owning my team than Mike Brown. Okay. Um, UC Miami. You and I were texting back and forth yesterday, and you posed a very interesting question. This, this spans 130 years. These two schools have met. It'll be the 126th meeting. 
uh, for the victory bell they play for. But you asked the question, is this still a rivalry? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I looked this up, and, and the, def- the dictionary definition of a rivalry, Tom, is, quote, competition for superiority in the same field. Uh, this rivalry doesn't meet that standard. There, there, there has been no competition. Um, you can talk about it being tied 59-59 to 7 or whatever it is. Uh, you can talk about that they played somewhat better in, in Chuck Martin's nine years, uh, eight-plus years. Uh, what, what matters to me, the number that matters to me is 0-15 if you're Miami. Uh, in those 15 games, UC has, has beaten Miami by 20-plus points nine times. Uh, the game has been under 10 points only four times. Uh, frankly, Miami has, has not been in UC's league since Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger owned UC. Uh, since Ben left, one club, uh, one program has, has gone up, the other one has gone down. I, I think if you're going to continue to call it a rivalry and, and even to continue to play the game, you, you have an obligation to, to make it a, a representative, competitive football game. It, it has not been that. And I'm afraid with um, the emergence of, of NIL, of NIL, there's a decent chance that it might never be again. Um, I mean, good for Miami. I, I don't mean to pile on Miami, but um, rivalries are rivalries because each team has a chance to win. Um, I, I don't know how you call this a rivalry anymore, and I don't I don't know what Miami does about it. I know Bob Huggins canceled the game. He, he got rid of the game for a time, a uh, basketball game, because there was no upside to UC winning the game. Um, you win the game, you're supposed to win it. You don't win the game, oh, my God. Well, you know, yeah, the yeah. alumni are so crazy. So long answer, short question. I, I hope it's close. I hope it's entertaining. I hope Miami is uh, is representative. Um, but to call it a rivalry at this point, I, I, I don't think so. You know, the thing is about this, Doc, is, and this became a big deal um, in, in the state legislature a number of years ago about Ohio State. And, uh, you know, look, all these big-time football programs – they'll play a monster game against somebody more times than not, unless you're Michigan, they don't play anybody, but, 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 you know, Ohio state plays Notre Dame, Alabama plays Texas on the road games like that. Okay. Uh, Utah goes down to Florida. So, you know, all the big schools have that, but then they have a couple of games. They plug in UC last week, Kennesaw state, Ohio state to lead, but, but, but the state legislature said, hold on a second. If Ohio state is going to play some of these teams, Okay, why not keep the money because the payday for these schools is incredible when they come to Columbus and now the way it's going at UC selling out every game, although this game is at Paycorn, Miami's a home team. Um, You know, the state legislature has has said to Ohio State, you got to play at least one Ohio school every single year. And so they'll play Ohio University or Kent State or Toledo like tomorrow, that kind of thing. So I almost wonder if for no other reason just to, to, to keep the money around, it seems like UC keeps that game against Miami because at least it sparks some interest as opposed to the Kennesaw States of the world. I, I, I think that's that's indisputable. I, I don't – yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that in, in the least. But UC is not Ohio State. And the money that, that UC shares with Miami is nowhere near the money that Ohio State would share with Miami. Uh, and, and I think – 
at this point in, in their growth as a, as a program, UC needs to look out for UC. Um, yeah, you don't get any more from beating Miami than you do from beating Kennesaw State, obviously. In fact, you, you do get, a, you know, you get more out of beating Miami than, than, than Kennesaw. Uh, maybe you schedule up. Maybe you use that week to, to play a, a top 25 quality team. I, I don't know. I don't have a big issue with the game being played so much as I have it being seen as a rivalry because at this point it's not. Right, right. Um, I want to shift over real quick to baseball for a minute, and, and we rarely ever talk about baseball. It feels like no one, that, at least that I spend any time with, professionally, socially, whatever, is, is talking about baseball, and, and that's uh, undoubtedly because the Reds aren't any good. Uh, they just get swept by the Pirates. They did end a losing streak last night beating St. Louis in St. Louis. But the topic at hand is this Aaron Judge thing. Um, you know, and, and we had Sean Casey on a couple of days ago and talking about that year of Sammy and McGuire and look, I don't, the PED stuff, we're not getting into that, but I'm just saying it electrified baseball. It rejuvenated baseball and, and the country embraced that story. I'm not so sure doc outside of New York city. I don't know how many people care about this Aaron judge story. What do you think? Um, well, I, I think you might be right. As a quick aside, though, I was stunned, man. I think there was a photo that I saw from the Wednesday afternoon game against the Pirates, right? It was the last game of the four-game series of the stands. I, honest to God, Tom, I think there were like 14 people watching yeah. that ball game. Yep. And, and 12 of them took a wrong turn at the river and just ended up in the ballpark. <laughs> you know, I, I was stunned by that. That's what it's come to. But anyway, um... I don't know. I, 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 baseball has lost a lot in terms of fan interest. It's lost. It's lost out to soccer and the NFL's back. Uh, schools in baseball is sort of an afterthought. I don't think that Aaron Judge should be an afterthought. Uh, he's had one of the best seasons in in many a year. He leads the American League in in home runs, obviously, but also in walks, runs. RBIs, OPS, uh, and war, if you believe in the gospel of war. Uh, he's having a fabulous year. He is, he is assaulting what most people think is, is the legitimate home run record. I mean, think about this. Mark McGuire hit more than 60 home runs three times. Sammy Sosa did it twice. Bonds hit 73, I believe. None of those guys has gotten a sniff of the Hall of Fame. Yep. That's what we think of, of what they've accomplished. This guy, uh, as far as we know, is is steroid free, and he, he has I think thirteen games to hit five home runs. And by the way, Statcast I think said that only two of his fifty-seven were, would have been hit only in Yankee Stadium, which is a great place to hit home runs. Um, so it's legit. It, it, it's great. Um, I, I'm excited by it, but I'm an old guy. I mean, your point about not a lot of people talking about it, um, I wouldn't think many people under 50 or maybe even 60 are talking about it, but I am. I, I'm interested in it, and I, I think it's valid. I think it's legit. I think it's honorable, and I think it's cool. I think more people are interested in the Albert Pujols story. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, because, you know, 697, you're talking about a career, Instead of a season, maybe if, if Judge gets to 697 when he's 41 or whatever Pujols <laughs> is now, 
we'd have the same discussion with him. But no, no doubt Pujols is a, a special player. One of the few guys, Tom, over the years that I would actually stop what I was doing in the press box to watch him hit. Yeah, There haven't been a lot of those guys. And one of them here, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but one of them here was Kevin Mitchell. No doubt. I, I would never... I, I, I would never find myself staring down at my computer screen when Kevin Mitchell was at bat for the Reds. And, and uh, Pujols was the same way. It's just a, a f uh, fun time watching him hit. Well, it's been a great story. Uh, it looked like when you know he had decided this was going to be his final year, he's had so many injuries, especially with his feet that have just caused pain and lack of production all those years out in uh, Anaheim. Uh, he looked terrible to start this year. I don't know what all of a sudden has gotten into him, but uh, it's a fascinating story to watch. So, uh, Doc, you and I will catch up again next week. Thank you, as always, for your tremendous insight. You going to be uh, watching football all weekend, or are you going out hiking? you going out biking? What, what do you got going on? Um, I try not to watch football all weekend. I mean, this I, don't, I, don't, I never did it before, right, because I was always at a game. Uh, on the Bengals' bye weeks, I, I would generally do anything but watch football. Uh, this weekend, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It depends on, on what else I have going on. If the weather stays nice, it'd be hard for me to sit in front of a television all day. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right. Doc, thanks. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Tom. All right. And again, uh, he is at uh, themorningline.substack.com. And uh, check it out because uh, he has such just – the guy's just a thinker. You know what I mean? He's a thinker. And, uh, and, and, and for, for dummies like me, it, it's interesting to hear his perspective on things. Well, this is a part of the program where, you know, after this break, we're going to come back and it's time for our picks. That's Casey McAllister, Brandon Seho, and me. And for those of you that are just tuning into the program, okay, it's going to be a couple of thousand bucks at the end of the year. Whoever has the best record will pick which charity they would like that money donated to. So without throwing you on the spot, but I am going to throw you on the spot before we take the break. Have either one of you given a second of thought to what charity should you win? And, and when we know that that is a long shot at best, but should right. either of you win uh, what charity that might be? Casey, I uh, I'm still thinking about it. Um, it's probably going to have to do something with um, with, uh, with something regarding my sister's disabilities in, in that field in, in some regard. Um, but other than that, I can't really think of anything else that I would just be gung ho about. So that's probably where I'll go with. Well, it should uh, be. I mean, it's but, your sister. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't done the research in what. Okay. What what I got specific okay. charity it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Brandon. Mental health, something along those lines. I know a, there's a couple really good nonprofits here that do a lot in the Cincinnati area. So one of them I think it's where I'd put that money. When I win. Gotcha. When I win. I got gotcha. you. Mm. Okay. All right. As first place. Mm. Did you say when as in W H E N when, when I win. Win W I N. Yes. When I win. Well, you had a good start, and I can't argue with that. It's a big league you are start. the leader in the clubhouse, as they like to say, uh, going in now to week two of our picks. Technically week three if you include college, but uh, week two of the NFL. So we had five college games, five pro games we're going to uh, talk about. 
um, and make our picks. That's coming up next. Stick around. All right, welcome back to the program. It's Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Also nice to have sponsors with us coming on board. Uh, Penn Station, mm-hmm. along with UDF mm-hmm. as a title sponsor. Encore Technologies with us from day one. If your company or business, or you know somebody's company or business, that would like to be part of the program, we are open for business. Okay? Fair enough. And Chatterbox Sports has so much going on. It's not just this show. But our, our, our game day show, everything getting underway tonight. Um, big time rival here locally. Hamilton Baden playing Ross. That is our featured game. A couple of other monster games in the area tonight. But we've got our game day show, the actual telecast of the games. Every weekend, anywhere from five, seven to ten games. You can take a look at, watch live, uh, stream them or, or watch them tomorrow, whatever the case may be. Um, we also have a couple of new shows on. Paul Frischner kicked off his show mm-hmm. yesterday. Very excited. Paul's going to stop in today, and, and I have to have him come in because he gave us a little snippet previewing his program last week. And his final numbers this is a gambling show, right? And he sprinkled, he said, sprinkle in a little money line on the New York football giants. They won. His three picks last night, okay, Yep. all hit, which means that Reed Mouse can now go home and not have his wife beat him over the head about losing money. Exactly. He hit the lottery on all three picks. Um, so we got a lot going on here at Chatterbox Sports, and we'd like you to be part of the team. Um, all right, fellas, here we go. Let's put up the records overall for this season. Brandon holding a... One game lead over Casey, and I bring up the rear. That will not last long. Seven and nine. All right. You got All right. That's go, where we but... are going into our picks, which begin right now. We have five college games. We begin with the Bearcats, and, and again, Miami is the home team. That's at Paycor Stadium tomorrow at noon. 22 points a spread. I'm going to go with the Bearcats. Yeah, and I am as well. Um I think it's going to be a – they're, they're going to probably cover by four touchdowns, I would say. Oh, wow, that's a big – I mean, they played well against Kennesaw State. You see at times over the first few years of Fick had struggled with this game and, and not really struggle, but covering a spread like that. And after talking – just to add to what you and Doc were talking about, you're only going to have nine conference – or three non-conference games with the nine-game schedule in the Big 12 – this either has to become your Kennesaw State game yep. or you got to get rid of it. Yep. I, and I'm all for tradition, and I'm, I'm an old-fashioned mind, but it's going to be the Cats to win this one and anyone in the future. Okay. So we all go with UC. All right, next up on the docket, the Mighty Buckeyes are at home, 2-0. and They get uh, Jackson Smith in Jigba and Julian Fleming uh, back uh, in their receiving core, which really Ohio State has turned into receiver U. As far as producing guys in the NFL, they had two number one picks last year in the draft, this year in the draft, in Olave and Garrett Wilson, uh, and, and, and Smith and Jigma, lead pipe cinch, Marvin Harrison Jr., lead pipe cinch, all those guys, number one picks. 32, the spread against Toledo. I take the mighty Buckeyes. Gentlemen? Yeah, I'm also taking OSU. They, they burnt me last week, but yep. 32 is a bit smaller than 44, so I, 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 think, uh, I think they have a pretty good chance of covering this. Yeah, I don't think uh, the Rockets have a shot. Okay. 
wow, okay, no separation here or chance for separation here. All of us either win or lose both of those games. Third up, is that going to change? Youngstown State off to a good start. 2-0 at Kentucky off to a great start. Going down in the swamp and winning uh, at Florida last week. Uh, and all of a sudden, ranked number nine in the country. Kentucky. Big time. Big number time. nine. It's not basketball. I take the Cats. Yeah, I am also taking the Cats on this one. Uh, they impressed me against Florida. I was really impressed with Florida when they beat Utah. And then the way that they just dismantled uh, Florida this past Saturday, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that they're going to at least cover the spread. That's a big number, though. Kentucky yeah. is for real. They're a real top-10 team. I think the Wildcats obviously are going to win. I don't think by 25-and-a-half. Doug Phillips, the old running back coach at UC in his second year up at Youngstown State. I got the Penguins. Okay. That's Jim Trestle's old school, right? Yep. He, he's been president of that school yeah. the last number of years. He just announced that he's going to retire. I was at that Ohio State-Notre Dame game, and it was, it, was, it was one of the coolest moments I have ever seen when they brought back out as the anniversary, the 20-year anniversary of that 2002 national championship team. And, uh, and all those star players in the history of Ohio State are there. But Jim Trestle was there, and the players picked him up and put him on their shoulders and yep. walked off the field. He, he was never able to have that goodbye moment uh, at Ohio State. First class all the way. Okay, Ohio University, the Mighty Bobcats going to Iowa State. Iowa State is 2-0. They're coming off a win over Iowa. Yeah. A 10-7 game, as I recall. Thank you, Casey. Yep. Uh, I take the Mighty Bobcats every week, no matter what. They got shellacked at Penn State, but Iowa State ain't Penn State. Yeah, and I, I was going back and forth with this game. Um, I just can't get over the fact that they, they're just not scoring a whole lot. So I think, I think Ohio can cover okay. the spread. So. All right, Casey. I had a late change here. I'm taking the Cyclones to cover. Wow. I got, I got, there's going to be some separation here. We're all picking the same stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, when uh, your area of the nation is just that good, Ohio. I, I love UC OU. And... Love OU. It's a fun time. Like I've said before, I almost went there for college. But I think I. You would State. have not fared well there. Well, I barely. I didn't make it West Virginia. Well, I, and, I, so. I, and I'm saying, I mean, you know, in West Virginia compared to OU, that's like you know, independent ball compared to the Ohio University. What you don't think they're on the same level of party school? No. What? No. I think they're they've actually all... OU has changed a lot in that regard. I'm not suggesting that it's not, not a fun time because I go back a couple of times a year. But when I started there, they brought in a guy named Charles Ping who was like the provost or something at Harvard or Yale, uh -huh. something like that. There were 32 bars on campus when I started my freshman year. By the time I graduated, there were nine. Yikes. And it's not because they went out of business. They, they, they just shut them down. All right. Is that it for college or one we have more. any more games? Oh, we got one more. Okay, Georgia, now ranked number one, leapfrogging Alabama uh, against South Carolina. That is at South Carolina. South Carolina is a program on the rise. They got the kid from Oklahoma, the Spencer quarterback. Rattler. Rattler, right? Yep. Uh, they're one and one. I take the dogs 24 and a half. Gentlemen? Yeah, I take, I'm taking the dogs too. I think Spencer Rattler is overrated, but I also won't bet against Georgia like I did against Oregon in, in that game week one. Oregon High School. 
Oregon High School. High school. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they, they taught me a lesson, and uh, I'm not going to bet against them this year. So. It's a clean sweep. It is yeah. across the board. Bulldogs beating the Gamecocks. Yeah. Although I got, you know, I, I think that's going to be at least for a little while, and maybe it turns out to be for a long while, that that game could be an interesting game to watch, because Rattler's freshman year at Oklahoma, oh, yeah. I mean, this cat was unbelievable, and then he gets—I mean, he was unbelievable. Top five in the Heisman mm-hmm. freshman. Yeah. Uh, got it going on out there with Lincoln Riley and so forth. And then he got hurt, uh, ineffective, loses his job, and straight to the transfer portal. Now it's South Carolina. Time to shift gears to the pro game. And here we go. Ben Galley's giving the Cowboys seven. I take the Ben Galley's. To cover. Homer ben, Show. Yep. Here Homer Show. It's a cheerleading program. We documented yep. that last week. I still can't believe there's video out there of us singing Cincinnati Bengals. That's a team we're going to root to victory. The, hear, those, hear the Bengals growling song or whatever that is? Yeah, the, who the theme song. And the theme song, the touchdown dance. We have fun here, Tom. Yeah, and of course I'm picking Bengals here. Um, I think they're going to just destroy the Cowboys, honestly. But Burrow's going to come back mad and – Absolutely destroy yeah. the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. I think Joe Mixon has a big day this yep. week. I'd like to get him cranked up. Don't throw the ball all the time just because you, you, you felt like, you know, you didn't throw it well enough last week and you feel like you got to throw it this week. Find out if Dallas can stop the run. All right. Uh, Jets v. Browns. Brownies at home. Um, get the win on the road in Carolina. First time since 2004 the Browns won a season opener. Think about that. Whew. They're going to go to 2-0, and covering six and a half. Wow. Yeah, and I'm picking the Jets in this one. Just uh, I think the spread's a little bit too much. Um, Joe Flacco again, right? Yep, Joe Flacco again, I, I believe. And um, I don't know. I, I saw how he did against the Ravens and – this might really turn around to bite me in the butt, but I just I don't have faith in Cleveland just consistently doing what they're doing currently. So, yeah, I uh, the Browns are the Browns. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's going to be. Guys are picking. I think Cleveland shot. might win, but it's going to be like a three point game. Yeah. Under a touchdown. Okay. I, I'm I'm definitely going to make up some room this week. Right. Um, okay. Next up, we stay inside the AFC North as we do every week. We're picking everybody in the North all year long, and then we'll, 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 we'll sprinkle in some other games here and there. Miami looked really good at home against New England. Tua looked very good. Yeah. Hold your breath on that one. But, um, no, I, we, we got this wrong. I took Baltimore here, so forgive me. Let's make sure we get that correct. Uh, I don't know. I, I think taking... I swear you told me before no, the show. No, was... no, I never, <laughs> ever, ever, nor will I ever all year long. You can take it to the bank. I will not pick against the Ravens at home ever. All right. Okay. All right. Ever. You guys? Um, <laughs> I'm going to just take the gamble on this one and pick Miami. Um, I think that if they're going to be the team that everyone thinks they're going to be with their new weapon and Tyreek Hill and the step forward for Tua, that they have to come in here, win this game, 
They got to show that they can play in the AFC East with the Bills and the Patriots. I know they just beat them, which is why I have faith that they'll at least be able to cover this spread. But, you know, I, I have the other part of this is that I don't really have a lot of faith in Baltimore. Okay. Um, I think Miami's defense is really good. And if Baltimore is too one dimensional, it's going to show up really big in this game. So I pick Miami. And okay. I'm going with you, Tom. Baltimore at home. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Okay. Fair enough. All right, next up, it will be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to tell you, and I mentioned in the monologue in the opening, I, I just don't understand this, but th those are much smarter people that, that, that put together these, these lines uh, in Vegas. The Patriots and the Steelers, New England gets just lit up down in Miami. Uh, and, and now New England, for a second straight week, goes on the road, this time to Pittsburgh, and New England is a two-point favorite in the game. I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots are going to throw four interceptions and fumble the ball. And so I think that's why they win this game, honestly. Uh, probably convincingly, too. I, I think they're going to really blow out this Really? Spread. Yeah. Really? I really do. I think, I think the Patriots – I mean, like TJ Watts out. Like, they, they don't have their full defense healthy right yep. now. This is not looking good for the Steelers, in my opinion. Okay. I picked the Patriots. I think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna be a, an easy win. I mean, that defense still is pretty good. I know Watt out gives them a little bit of a road bump, but yeah, I think the Pats get it done. Okay. And uh, is this our last game? It is. Okay, our last game where we're stepping outside the box a little bit here. This looked like, although historically speaking, um, Perhaps a more interesting game would be the Saints and the Buccaneers because the Saints have owned Tom Brady. He addressed that yesterday. Now, Sean Payton was a coach during those days. He's no longer the head coach. Saints got a week one win against Atlanta. That's going to be a fun game to watch. And in the NFC South, I made the comment already, there's no better division to watch the games when they play against one another than that NFC South. I'm telling you. If you go look it up, the, the point differential, each and every time those teams in that division play, games are razor-thin margins. Okay. Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> My buddy Chris Berman. He, I, I, I wait for him to say it every week when he does that Monday Night Football two-minute. Yep. But he always, he always will get in. Oh, yeah. The Raiders. All right. Uh, Raiders five and a half at home. Raiders lost last week to the Chargers, um, and it's the Raiders' home opener. The Cardinals were blown out by the Chiefs, and as Brian Billick predicted, already this whole Kyler Murray thing is just a simmering explosion. Apparently, they've taken the claws out of his contract. Remember all that? About requiring that he prepares right. better prepares differently uh it got out in the press everybody's in scramble mode i think they continue to just botch this entire story with every move they make uh it's a time bomb he's a talented player at times a great player they are in disarray the raiders five and a half yeah and i'm also taking the raiders for they gotta much. say it casey the raiders there you go all right the there raiders all right I'm taking the Raiders <laughs> on this one. 
<laughs> I don't think the Cardinals' defense is very good. I don't think their offense is really good, even with Kyler there. Um, they really need DeAndre Hopkins, and he's not back yet. He's got, I think, five weeks left. Yep. And, yeah, the, the, it's not going to be a good time for Kyler Murray. He's going to get chased down by Chandler Jones, right? I'm pretty sure he's a Raider now, right? And uh, the other guy, he, he's a the, – I can't remember his name. The other defensive end for the Raiders. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I'm um, drawing a blank. I know, I'm drawing yeah, a blank. Yeah, but too. he's really good too. Uh, it's going to be a bad game for Kyler Murray on this one. I think week one woes out of the way. They might not win, at least cover. We'll see. Okay. And but if, I, you were, if you were betting money line on that, and you're not, we're just doing this against the spread. If you were going on a money line pick to quote Paul Fritchner, would you sprinkle in a little money on the Cardinals on a money line win? No. Not a chance. So you're not or? that much of a believer. No. But I have them in my pick to, to go to the uh, playoffs in our predictions. I did so. too, and it was a terrible mistake. Well, <laughs> they are a franchise reeling. They have phenomenal football fans out there in Arizona, one of the best venues to play in. Although I guess that was a big story we had yesterday with, uh, with Matt Lane um, giving us a preview from Kansas City about the Chargers and, um, and, and Chiefs game last night that Andy Reid made some comments at the turf uh, there at, uh, what do they call it now? State Farm Field, is that what it is? What, out in there? Arizona? Used to be the yeah. University of Phoenix Stadium. I think it's State Farm Insurance Field now. Um, but that's one of those, those stadiums that's so cool. What they do is they have the field, right, on this, this system where they can move it inside and then move it back outside to get sun. So when you go there during the week, and the Cardinals don't practice there, if you drive by that stadium, it's right off a major freeway. You can see the playing field sitting out in the sun, and it's a really cool setup. Yeah, no, I did. My dad lives out there, and we did a tour of the stadium probably about five, six years ago. And it's the concrete blocks there as the field underneath, and that field's outside. It's cool. Very cool. Um, okay, we'll see how it goes. We will uh, revisit our picks as we do every Monday. And I'm thinking just to have a little fun with it, that from now on moving forward, we ought to go in and throw in the Monday night game starting on Mondays when we come back, right? Sure. Okay. Um, so and, and on Thursdays. I think we ought to do the same thing because there are a lot of great games on that Thursday night football package. Were you guys able to hear any of that game last night? I caught a little bit of it, uh, but what, what, the little bit I did catch, I thought the uh, announcing was kind of a little off. I know uh, yeah, they had some lip syncing issues. Yeah, with oh, the you audio. Mean technically speaking, yes. Yeah, because but, but I mean the content wise, how was yeah? It, no, I, any I, thoughts on the the Al Michaels? Yeah, I thought Al and Kirk did a great job Good. together, and they had a uh, oh why am I forgetting her name? The sideline reporter. Um, she went from ESPN, SEC Network to CNN. Took a couple years off, and they got her back on here. Kaylee Hartung, that's who it is. Okay. She did a great job last night as well. Okay, good, good. All right, when we come back, uh, lots to talk about with Dan Horde, the radio voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats. He'll be doing that game tomorrow uh, at Paycor Stadium. Maybe he just spends the night. Oh, no, what am I talking about? They're on the road. So then he, so what he has to do is he can't travel with a team. We'll ask him about this here in a minute. Um, and, and, you know, last week he lucked out in that UC played at home. He could sleep in his own bed. Uh, stay the night, hang out with his family, and then the next day uh, drive right down to Paycor Stadium, do the Bengals against the Steelers. 
But on the weekends where he's going all over the globe, um, he's got to get to wherever. The good news is, and I know this because we have a daughter that's in college down in that Dallas-Fort Worth area, is that there are multiple nonstop flights out of Cincinnati to get down there. So uh, he'll be able to do the game tomorrow and uh, catch a 6, I think, 6P flight down to Big D on um, Saturday night for the game Sunday. So Dan Horton will join us when we come back. You're watching Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We're fortunate every week to be joined by the radio play-by-play voice of both the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Cincinnati Bengals, Mr. Dan Hoard. Dan, you're gearing up for uh, another big weekend, double dipping now. You'll be doing this every week for, what, the next, like, 10, 11, 12 weeks maybe. Um, are you getting on that 6 o'clock flight going down to Dallas tomorrow night? Does that still run on Saturday nights? 559 direct flight American Airlines you know your uh, travel schedules Tom Brenneman no it couldn't be much better for me noon kicks on Saturday really helped me it's going to be a little bit hairier next week when Cincinnati plays a home game against Indiana 3:30 or 4 we don't know the start time yet and then the Bearcats are uh, in the Meadowlands the next day to take on the Jets I had to come up with a creative way to get there next week but uh, maybe we can talk about that next week well, well tell me because I mean you have to plan this stuff out long in advance. I mean, because there are only going to be a handful of flights in, in some of these places you're going to be, if even that many. As you look at the schedule off the top of your head, maybe I'm catching you off guard here. What's your worst travel fear weekend coming up this year? Where you well, say to Tom, yourself, you, man, it's going to be tough. You really can't plan in advance because in college football, those get start times don't come out in many instances until 13 days before the game. And that was the case with Indiana. That start time did not come out until this past Monday. So I couldn't plan in advance. You can look at flights and see what might be able to work. And had it been a noon game, it would have been easy. But it's going to be 3.30 or 4. You'd love to be able to fly to New York or New Jersey on Saturday night. But there are no flights from Cincinnati that are going to get there. And I hate to fly the morning of yeah. a one o'clock game. I will only do it if there are about three or four flights that get me there on time. Otherwise, UC has been great about it. If I have to miss the occasional game, I can. So next week, after the UC Indiana game, I'm driving to Indianapolis. Got a one-way car rental, driving to Indianapolis. I'll crash at a hotel close to the airport for a few hours. There are hourly flights from Indianapolis to Newark on Sunday morning, beginning at 6.30 a.m. So I always book the first one. They say yep. that uh, the first flight out is reliable because the plane is usually there. So, you know, knock on wood, everything works out. But uh, there are multiple backups in case that 6.30 uh, a.m. flight uh, is problematic. There are certain places, to, to, and back in my days traveling all the time in football, there are just certain places I, I get so uptight I used to get because I'm a very uptight traveler uh, in fact my wife has already told me that when our son graduates from high school and we're empty nesters that she loves to travel and she's not traveling with me but I used to get so oh, uptight about but, but there are only a couple of places where I, I, I get so worried about making it and, and, yeah. and Newark is one of them for sure Chicago being another um, and, and, you know, the times you have to go to Los Angeles, there weren't many offered out there to begin with, but, 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 but good luck. Um, Thank you. all right. Um, 
We had Paul Daugherty on a little while ago, Dan, and he brought up a, a, a great question that is, you see Miami still a rivalry because it's become so one-sided in the Bearcats' favor. What are your thoughts about that? Well, it hasn't been a competitive rivalry in recent years. Cincinnati has won 15 in a row. But yes, it's still a rivalry for Miami fans. This is a huge game and a chance to end that streak and a chance to beat the bigger school with a bigger football program. So I think it's still a rivalry. Uh, and obviously, being the voice of the Bearcats, I don't mind that they've won 15 straight. It's uh, yeah. been enjoyable for me. But if you look back during those 15 consecutive wins, there have been games that Miami not only could have won, but should have won. If you think of Luke Fickle's first year as the Cincinnati head coach, Miami had that game in the bag. If not for a comedy of errors late in the game by the Red Hawks, they end the streak. So to me, yeah, it's still a rivalry. I guess uh, it would be a better rivalry maybe for some if the games were more competitive and Miami was winning uh, a few of them. But uh, to me, it's still a rivalry and still worthy of playing. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on for a long time. And in a world where we seem to be erasing traditions, long-time traditions in, in really any form or fashion through all walks of society, I, I think it's still a good thing. Uh, UC and Miami playing football. This goes back 130 years. Um, we had Chuck Martin on the program yesterday. And, 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 Dan, your eyes have been open to this world because you're around the UC program in both football and basketball, and that's this whole transfer portal thing. And, you know, he's making the comment uh, that last year, two years ago, they saw Ben Bryant as a backup at Cincinnati. Last year, they faced him as a starter inside the Amer Mid-American Conference. In that game, uh, Ivan Pace uh, picks him off, right? And now all right. of – or Evan Pace, forgive me. And now all no, of a Ivan. sudden, Ivan, it, Pace is yep. here at UC, Bryant's back at UC, and now they face Miami tomorrow. Yeah, you know, the transfer portal, the way it works now, is difficult for Miami and schools in the MAC and leagues smaller than that because now it's really easy for guys to do what's always been known as up-transferring, going from a smaller school to a larger school. Back in the day, you had to sit out a year. That discouraged a lot of guys from doing it. It wasn't quite as prevalent, but now it's going to be very common, and that's going to be tough on the Miamis of the world. It's not as big a problem for Cincinnati, particularly going into the Big 12. Uh, there are only so many programs that would be considered bigger, but it is really tough for schools at that level when they have a great player that they deserve credit for, a diamond in the rough maybe in recruiting or somebody that they helped get a lot better. That guy reaches a certain level, and then they lose him to a bigger school. And if you're a fan of a, a school like Miami or somebody in the MAC or whatever, that is tough. I think that is one of the negative consequences of allowing basically free agency and transferring. Um, going into this game, much was made last week in the route of Kennesaw State. Much was made about Bryant played very well, not that he played poorly down in Arkansas. We, we rehashed that and so on and so forth. But he, he looked sharp. Uh, Evan Prater came in uh, and did some very good things. Took him on a 92-yard uh, touchdown drive. He had the 44-yard run for a touchdown, showing off the athleticism we saw going back to his days at Wyoming. You're down there. You talk to Coach Fickle every single week. Um, is there any reason to believe this is a start of any kind of quarterback controversy at UC? I don't think that it's the start of a controversy, but I do wonder if now they're going to find ways to get Evan into games. Maybe it's a 
you know, a series every half. Maybe it's certain game situations where they throw him out there. He's a weapon. And I, I don't think you can fully juggle two quarterbacks successfully, but I think there have been plenty of schools over the years that have found ways to get a really dynamic second quarterback into games and have a positive impact on your team. So I don't know exactly what that might look like, but Evan Prater played so well last week that I imagine it is strongly being considered. Uh, how can we get this guy on the field a little bit more than we have in the first two games? Um, as far as a run game, and it's a crowded backfield back there with some very talented guys, do you suspect, and look, Luke Fickle in many regards is he loves old school, if you can run it down their throat, run it down their throat, and keep doing it until they stop it. Do you suspect we see the run game start to get cranked up as the competition now starts to get stronger and stronger moving forward into conference play? I think it's actually been pretty good the first couple of weeks, but I think the one thing that Luke Fickle would like to do based on his history is identify his main guy, and they haven't really done that yet. Ryan Montgomery is out. He injured his ribs. He was the starter in week mm -hmm. one against Arkansas, so he's still out. And then they've had three other guys that they've been rotating in there. Chuck McClellan, who's overcome two torn ACLs. He looks to have all of his speed back and uh, has performed well. Corey Kiner, we're all excited about the former Mr. Football out of Roger Bacon. And then Miles Montgomery, had, who had a 76-yard touchdown run last week. So they have uh, none of those guys has separated himself above the pack yet. And I do think that Luke Fickle would like to have a guy that he feels he can rely on to be the, the quote-unquote bell cow guy in that backfield. Okay, let's shift gears now to – no, you know, before we – I'll ask you this at the end. Um, let's shift gears to the Bengals. Um, I made the comment with Doc a little while ago. I don't know if you agree with this, but we've given the stat before, and you know the stat, going back to 1990, uh, teams that start 0-2, only 12% of them make the postseason. Um, now we're in a 17-game schedule. Maybe that changes it a little bit moving forward when we have more information and more years to judge it by. I would maintain, however, all things considered um, – especially no Dak Prescott, even with Dak Prescott. I think the Bengals are a better team. I think they got to win this game, Danny. What do you think? Well, as, as you said, especially without Dak Prescott, when you have the opportunity to go to Dallas where you were a two-point underdog and now find yourself a seven-point favorite because the starting quarterback is out and Cooper rushes in, you've got to win that game, especially when you let one slip through your fingertips at home uh, the previous week because your long snapper got hurt. So, yeah, I would agree. I think they've got to go to Dallas and take care of business on Sunday. You know, speaking of the long snapper thing, I, I, I give the Bengals uh, so much credit through the years, and Duke Tobin, and, and I don't care how big or how small compared to other teams uh, their scouting department is. But, look, anybody and his brother could have picked up uh, Adamitis. This, this guy was voted the best long snapper in college football last year, the pa uh, Patrick uh, Manley Award, if I'm not mistaken. First That's team correct. All-American, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, some people might have rolled their eyes when you sign this guy as an undrafted free agent or whatever the case may be. Now, we're going to find out. It's his first NFL game. But as far as just trying to find the guy who was thought to be the best at that job in college football last year, I give him a lot of credit. 
I do too, and thank heavens they did it because he was waiting in the wings on the practice squad to come in for a situation like this, and sure enough, it happens in week two. Now, here's what you have to keep in mind, Tom. You're right. A lot of teams wanted to sign Cal Adamitis because he was the best long snapper in college football last year. Why did he sign with the Bengals? Well, he saw a possible opportunity. Clark Harris turned 38 uh, during training camp. He's not going to be doing this forever. Cal Adamitis was told he would be given the opportunity to win the job in training camp. He was given that chance, and Clark Harris ultimately retained his starting job. So Cal saw that there could be a good chance in Cincinnati, and I'm sure he didn't think it was going to be because of uh, torn biceps in week one, but here's his opportunity. He's a very good long snapper. I think his snaps will be great. The question with Adamitis versus Clark Harris is the size of the man. Because Cal Adamitis is about 30 pounds lighter than Clark Harris, who actually was drafted as a tight end by the Green Bay Packers. So now Cal has to hold up in the middle of the line on field goals and PATs when he gets that big push from 330-pound guys trying to knock him backward toward the long snapper. That is going to be the potential issue for him. It's not going to be snapping the ball. He'll be great at that. It's a very, very good point. Um T. Higgins, we don't know necessarily what's going on with him personally. He missed practice yesterday, not because of being in concussion protocol, we're told. It was for a a personal issue. Uh, We certainly hope that everything's okay with him and his family. Um, As far as uh, taking that part of it out, if he comes back to practice today and he's still in the concussion protocol, what do you think his chances are of playing this weekend? I honestly don't know, Tom. He was limited at practice on Wednesday, wasn't in attendance at all yesterday because of the personal issue. I do think he will be back today, and I guess we'll have to wait and see what he's uh, listed on the you know, the injury report today to have any sense of if he'll be cleared by uh, Sunday's game. If he's not, they showed in the second half against the Steelers. They've got enough weapons to be okay without him. You'd love to have him. He's the best number two receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. But with Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, who had a great debut, and obviously uh, the, the super freak alien that is Jamar Chase, they'll be okay offensively if they don't have T for one more week. You know, that, that you, you make that point about Chase. And, and I, I just sat there. And look, you know, you, you broadcast every Bengals game the guy's ever played in in, in his one-year career and now starting his second year. But this guy, is, this guy is really something else. And to think at this time last year, Danny, and you were hearing this all the time when you do your radio show uh, and the Bengals show, what were we talking about this time a year ago? All the drops that he had in the preseason last year. And now all of a sudden, uh, look, there's probably an argument to be made on player A, B, C, and D. I I don't know how if you had one receiver to pick in the NFL today and you were starting a team, I think you'd be out of your mind to take anybody except for Jamar Chase. You agree with that? I do agree with that, especially when you factor in his age because he's still only 22 You know, we know about the physical gifts that he has. We saw it last year, the strength, the speed, the hands, as it turned out. Uh, Once training camp was over, he caught everything. (laughs) But a couple of things really stood out in week one in his performance against the Steelers. Number one, endurance. He played every snap 
which is hard to do as a wide receiver when you're sprinting down the field on every play. Uh, they, they had 100 snaps when you include penalties. So that in and of itself was incredible. He worked with a track coach in the offseason. It wasn't to get faster. It was to improve his endurance, and that certainly paid off. And the other thing that really stand, stood out, and he doesn't get enough credit for this, is the smarts. Once T. Higgins went out, he lined up at every spot they've got, and that's not easy to do. Think about how difficult that is to know exactly what your responsibility is at every wide receiver spot in a game where you have 100 plays offensively. He's smart. He's tough. He's fast. He's physical. He's fantastic. And I'm with you. If I could have my choice of any young receiver in the NFL, he's my guy. Well, and, and, and Dan, uh, when Peter King came into town uh, during the preseason and, and wrote, you know, some great stuff, uh, used to work, of course, here in Cincinnati when he got his start after coming out of Ohio University. Um, I had to get in that plug for Ohio University. <laughs> um, but but um, he wrote about Chase the Grinder. And I remember when I was doing the NFL for years, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., believe it or not, was thought of as that similar kind of guy. Where Now, he was more flamboyant off the field than Chase has been. We understand that. But as far as showing up early, working out, staying late, trying to get better every single day, Chase is that kind of guy. So everything you just said, all true, but I love the grinder part of this guy, at least from what I read and what I hear. Um, I'm sure you've heard similar stories about this guy, right? Well, I've seen it. And last year, when he was struggling in training camp and could not catch the ball, there were two reasons why I thought it was not going to be a problem. Number one, he didn't have a history of it at LSU. He dropped a total of five passes, I believe, in the two years that he played at LSU. Secondly, last year, so I'm not talking this year, I'm talking about last year, his rookie year in training camp, I have never seen a wide receiver in the years that I've been doing Bengals games catch more passes off the jugs gun after practice. And I thought last year, well, he's doing it because he's struggling. He feels like he needs the extra work. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, that's not it at all. That's his routine. He did it this year. He was the last guy out there catching balls off the jugs machine almost every day. That's the difference. That's the difference how you go from being star to the very best in the game. And he's got that kind of work ethic. All right, before I let you get out of here, the one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I know you got to know him very well and, and, and get close to him uh, last week. I forgot to ask you. I, I just thought it was so fantastic that Bob Huggins finally got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. There, there is no coach, I mean, outside of the John Woodens and all the national championships and that kind of thing, but I, I'm not sure there's another coach uh, who is more uh, deserving of this induction into the Hall of Fame? I was thrilled. I, I joke often that on my tombstone someday, hopefully not anytime soon, <laughs> it's going to list the year of my passing, and then there will be a little asterisk underneath that will say, would have lived five years longer if not for his friendship <laughs> with Bob Huggins. Because when Huggs was here and I was doing the games, there were many late nights spent with our mutual friend, Chuck Mayshock, yeah. having a few cocktails, telling stories. And I consider Bob Huggins and Dave Lapham to be the two best storytellers I've ever met in my life. Their catalog is deep. They've got great punchlines, and they tell their stories extremely well. So 
I'm grateful just to have been in his company for those years and to have had a front row seat to see how great of a coach he is. The numbers speak for themselves. He's got more than 900 wins. I think he's fourth all time, if I'm not mistaken. Two trips to the Final Four. Would have had a national championship, in my opinion, if Kevin uh, Kenyon Martin, excuse me, didn't break his leg. So he's a Hall of Famer. I'm thrilled for him. I know what it means to him. And, you know, he's still coaching, for hope, so hopefully he'll still get a national championship at some point. I just wish that there were more people out there, and, and I haven't been with him as frequently as you have, but had a chance to be around him quite a bit. When I was doing the games years ago, you were at 19, and I was working uh, doing the games for Channel 19. And I, I just wish there were more people nationally that, that knew him the way you've had the chance to know him, and me in limited times have gotten to know him. Uh, because I remember uh, one of uh, the, two, two or three of the guys on, on, a, on a Fox football crew I worked with for years and years worked at CBS. And they had, had left CBS like a lot of people did when Fox started in 94, and they moved from CBS to Fox. And they were doing the NCAA tournament every year. And the one year after the Final Four year, when Carolina plays – uh, UC in the, if I recall, the Elite Eight uh, that year when UC was trying to get back to the Final Four for a second straight year. And they were talking about, you know, um, uh, trying to get Bob Huggins, these guys on the crew, to come in and do an interview. And, and they made him wait because Dean Smith was 20 or 30 or 40 minutes late for his interview. And Huggs didn't like it. And, and they were, like, turned off that Huggins didn't like that he had to wait around for Dean Smith. I'm like, look, he's got his time. <laughs> And maybe he doesn't handle it like somebody else might handle it. But there's a lot to like about Bob Huggins as a guy. There sure is. I don't really know anybody that knows Hugs that doesn't like him. To know him is to love him. He's very charismatic. Like I said, the greatest storyteller ever. And it was awesome to be around those teams. Cincinnati was ranked number one in the country a couple of times uh, when I was involved in the broadcast. And like I said, they would have won it all if not for Kenyon's injury. Uh, in 2000 but to see him at practice to see the relationships that he has with his players they love him uh, there's a, a reverence for Bob Huggins among his former players that I don't know that you see with many coaches and that's probably you know the biggest reason why he's worthy of being a Hall of Famer if you talk to those guys and how he's changed their lives in addition to you know forming great teams and, and making them better as basketball players that's a pretty good tribute to the man there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, Danny, um, safe travels uh, on that, that, that 559P flight after a noon kick and getting down there to Big D. I'm sure you're staying at some, um, you know, uh, five-star hotel with a big suite, and there'll be uh, red M&Ms or maybe orange and black M&Ms in your room once you arrive there, I'm sure. The Bengals do stay in very nice hotels. I'm not going to lie. So that'll be nice. And, uh, you know, those fancy hotels, the food is always uh, available late. Yes. So if my flight is late or whatever, I'll be able to get to that hotel and they'll still be still have something available at the hotel bar for me to eat, which is good. absolutely that is key. No doubt about it. Danny, safe travels. Godspeed ahead, my friend. Thanks for the time. And we'll catch up with you, hopefully, after a couple of victories for Cincinnati teams over the weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, Tom. All right, Dan Horde. Always great to have him on. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking, and I wanted to ask him sometime about how many years now he's been in this town. I, because I think he was working back at Channel 19 when I was doing the UC games on television. Um, 
And I think the last year I did those games was like 98, 99, somewhere in there. And he just alluded to Kenyon Martin. He was doing the games in 2000. He's been in this town a long time. 95 is when he uh, started at 19. 1995. Why does he look so young? And some of the rest of us, you two included, who, yeah. who, 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 especially Brandon, looks a little beat up when he comes rolling in here on some Friday mornings. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I had a couple tequila shots. That, tequila shots? Little Don Julio. I didn't. I didn't buy him. Someone threw him over at me while we were watching the game last night, and I thought I'd be okay. I'm getting old though. I'm so old. you're in one of your old haunts there, around like what the Oakley area, Mount yeah, the Lookout yeah, area. the Oak. Get some good wings, watch the game, and I, you know, I have friends that go out on Thursdays and puts me in a tough spot at the start of this show. But like always, we got the monster. I'm rocking and rolling. Okay. I, I was actually here earlier than I have been all yeah, week. You were here earlier. He was, he was well, here I mean, you early. weren't here yesterday. So, you know. Uh, he came in ready to go. Casey carried the torch for you yesterday. We had Reed Mouse with us uh, yesterday. You know, I like to get, I think all those guys are already setting up for our Friday night game, right? Yeah. yeah. So they all took off because I wanted to get some thoughts. There, there are a couple of fantastic, well, three. One of them's here on Chatterbox Hamilton, Baden, and Ross. Um, getting together Hamilton Vaden ranked number one in the state um but two monster games in division one tonight Moeller looks like the real deal they really look like the real deal they're big they're strong they're physical they're uber athletic at their skill positions they're like a big time college team as far as just their skill players are concerned that running back Jordan Marshall, yep. that cat is being recruited by everybody. And I mean everybody. The Ohio States, the Alabama, the Georgias, you know, right on down the line. And he's only a junior. Um, the wide receiver, I think, is already signed with a Mac school. Tanel Bryant, I believe, is his name. Now, he's not a big guy, but he's one of the fastest guys in the state. Moeller plays – is that game at Nippert? Uh, that's at St. X. It's at St. X? Yes, the St. Xavier oh, that's right. Elder, the game, Elder game or Molar is Elder, going yeah, yeah. to be at uh, Nipper. Okay, so that's at St. X. St. X started the year 0-2. They lost right here on Chatterbox Sports to Lakota West. Lakota West is ranked fourth in the state. Moeller um, is number two. St. X, they have great players, great coaching, um, and, and they've won their last two after starting 0-2. So I, I have no doubt that will be – a tight game, even as good as Moeller appears to be. And the other one, it, it, two 4-0 teams in the GMC. The aforementioned Lakota West against Princeton. Princeton football's coming back. For those around here that remember the days, Moeller versus Princeton every year. Who was going to go to the state Final Four? NFL players all over the place. Hundreds of Division I college players played in that rivalry through the years. Moeller v. Princeton. But tonight, Princeton has its hands full with Lakota West. Uh, but those are a couple of games to keep an eye on. And, of course, uh, we'll have our coverage here on Chatterbox Sports. Game day gets started at what time tonight? You guys know? Uh, game day starts at 6.30. Okay. And that, that game is at Ross? Mm -hmm. Yep. They have a great fan base up there. They got the barn press box. It's I love it. The barn? Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's barn. a barn. The press box is a barn. At Ross. At Ross. 
A barn. A barn. Uh, what mean, do you mean a barn? Like a like a shed barn, not like a real barn. Like, I mean, is it up high? Yeah, yeah, it's elevated. When's the last time you saw a barn elevate? You mean they took a barn and they moved it up to the top of like the you stadium? Know, like you know those uh, barn little shed shed barns you see at Home Depot? You mean like the aluminum things? No, it's it's wood. Okay, and it looks like that two stories high. Really? I got to get up there. Yeah, it's a fun time. When I coached Little League Baseball, we used to give them a tail kicking on a regular basis, Ross. Wow. I mean, a tail kicking. And I always say I was such a great baseball coach. Isn't Reed a uh, guy? All of the kids that I yeah. coached in baseball, they all now play lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> great coach. I was a great basketball coach. Were you like Hugs? Had a boys team and a girls team that won city championships from our tiny little neighborhood. Awesome work. I mean, big time teams. Getting after people. Were you like Hugs? Yes. Exactly. I tried to make a comeback last year. I'm telling you now, we, we got after people. They knew they had their hands full every time they played us. Win, lose, or draw. Boys and girls. Um, and, and a guy who runs the basketball youth program in our small little town, I had gone up to him after both of my kids had, had gone through, and I just said, hey, look, if anybody needs a coach at any level, you know, from first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, et cetera, all the way up to sixth grade, I said, I'm happy to do it. I'd like to do it again. The guy says, Tom, your style doesn't work anymore. Hmm. And you know what? That's an indictment on society. What was your style? Style was getting after people. I mean, they play well. You know, you pump them up. They don't guard somebody. And a guy hits two threes. And they come back to the bench and you ask him what the hell's going on. Oh, I got shoot I out. I put you in the game to make sure that guy did not get three-point shots. Right? You love them, though. I mean, you do anything yeah. in the world for them. And that's the thing. Those kids today would tell you. That the, 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 the two guys, me and another guy, the coach, we, we live and die with those kids even, even today. And some of them are in college today. The girls. The young women now. Okay. Uh, our buddy Zim Huday is coming by. Um, that's coming up in, what, about five minutes? Yep. Do we have something put together for our Bengals report today? Or we, was that it with Dan Hort? Oh, we got it. When we come back, we got it. Really? Okay. Little Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty. Joe what? Joe Shiesty. You're probably too old for that nickname. What is Joe Shiesty? I don't know. It's Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, Joey B. I've heard Joe in there, Joe Cool. Joe something. Cool. But what's Shiesty? What, what the hell is Shiesty? He's just a man. I don't know. What is, I mean, I what actually, is shiesty? Actually, what does that mean? I actually looked this up the other day, and uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's actually an older term. It's not something that was... Yeah, Tom, you're 80. You should know this. You just no, had it was this, probably some, you just had somebody your trying to be hip when I was younger, and I could tell that they were just trying to be hip. So I just – what what does shysty mean? Uh, Can you guys look that up? Yeah, My computer up right. is, out of, is out of power. Urban Dictionary. Just to get rid of this thing because it's out of power. I didn't charge it. Go refers ahead. to an action that is greedy and or inconsiderate. That's from Urban Dictionary, so I don't know what that means. Um Someone that's, 
I need like a real definition from a real website. No, but here's the point I'm making. You're looking it up, and you just said it's it's anything but what Joe Burrow is. He's not a greedy guy. He's not an inconsiderate guy. So who in the world gave him the nickname Joe Shiesty? Where does that come from? And people use it, and they have no idea what it means. You, you want to add to a definition? You no, still I'm, just, I'm, still, I'm still looking for something better okay, than what okay. I just read. Well, what, what's that say right there? What, this one? Yeah. Dates back to the 1850s. I'm well, not that old. Eh, lawyer in NYC <laughs> using a very ambiguous methods to obtain right in lawsuits. Do you see the point I'm making here? It sounds this cool. This is what right? your generation cool. does. They walk around and Here's the old they man, start get off my using the old angry man, right? Get off my porch. But, but this is not an angry man. This is a legitimate point, okay? People are walking around calling Joe Burrow something called Joe Shiesty. So I asked the question, hey, I don't know what Shiesty is. What's it mean? And you guys are giving me definitions that, 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 that A, are not flattering, that B, nobody wants to be associated with. And here you have this young man who is, you know, I mean, he's a great player, but he's a stellar young man. Great upbringing, handles himself well, don't read about him in the newspapers doing stupid stuff. All right, all right. Here, here's, here's the sport. Oh, now you found, what, 40? No, the sporting news explains it. Shiesty usually refers to an action that is <coughs> Jeez. that is greedy. That tequila coming up. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> shiesty usually refers to an action that is greedy and or inconsiderate. When someone is shiesty, it means they don't like, they don't think about others or do things that help them, even if they know it harms someone else anyway. That fits pretty well when you put into context just how inconsiderate Burrow is to opposing defenses. That is their oh, definition. God. That's of Joe Shiesty. Okay, but at least there's something there. All right, that's fair. That's, that's my homework. Fair. That's why you learn something. See, you can learn things here on Off the Bench. Took us a while to get there. Uh, but again, Casey had, uh, I mean, uh, Brandon, not Casey. Brandon was knee deep in a puddle of, what is it called, Don Julio? Don Julio. Usually I go Casamigos, but someone threw some Don Julio at me last night, so I took it. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have fun on the Cincinnati bar scene. Okay. You want to come with me? I will. I'll, I'll, believe me, I'll come with you. Um, no problem. I, I, I enjoy it myself. Um, okay. When we come back, we'll have the Bengals report presented by Encore Technologies. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Stay with us. Okay, here we go. Back on um, Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. This is our Bengals report, correct? Here we go. Very organized. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. The New York Times better call up um, Encore Technology. All their employees say they don't want to come into work anymore. You read that story? No, they're not no. coming in to work anymore. And they're offering them free sandwiches and lunches to come into work. All the work. little darlings don't want to come to work. 
What, they all want to work from home? Yes. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked working from home a couple times, but I, I like going to the office, seeing people, working with people. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how that plays out. Um, our Bengals report. What do we have here, man? What's going on? Joe Burrow giving a little review of his game against the Steelers also answers a question about why he was staring at his locker for okay. 30 minutes Let's afterwards. Joe Burrow. Yeah, not my best. Obviously, I'd like to take care of the ball better. Uh, but it's... All right. We, uh, let me see if I can get that bite in front okay. of Let's see if we can get that fixed. See if we can get it fixed. You know, Joe, when the season starts, he goes into such vision of the goal of getting better and being very serious about his football team. Guy's got some personality about him. I mean, he's not some larger-than-life personality, but Tom Brady isn't either. Um, but he has such a focus about him once the season starts. Uh, hopefully, we can get this thing back. Should we try it again or no? Uh, no? We're, wor we're working okay, on it. Okay, yeah. anyway. Um, and for those of you that, that, that don't know uh, the story about Burrow last week, after turning it over five times, four picks and a fumble, um, by all accounts, he walked into um, his obligatory visit with the media, spoke very briefly, clearly was not happy with the way he played, and he did not play well. And that's not saying that you know we don't believe or love Joe Burrow and his future as the quarterback. He did not have a good game, and especially the first half. But after he finished with the media, by all accounts, he went back and sat at his locker uh, and was still sitting there in his game pants and the T-shirt that he wears underneath his shoulder pads and just sat there for a very, very long time. According to all reports, every single Bengal had what? Showered, dressed, mm -hmm. and was yep. out the door, and Burrow's still sitting there. Yeah, and what was strange about it is he says that he does that all the time. And, and I know this is the first season with the media actually being allowed in the locker room yeah, since COVID. COVID. Oh, really? Yeah, but okay. uh, I'm pretty sure that's what the clip was about, right? It yeah, was we... just a little bit about that. We're going to pull it up here in a second. Okay, okay. But well, in we'll, that... Go ahead, Brandon. I would say that was the difference. You didn't get to see, you know, what was going on those last two seasons. I mean, this past off season was the first time you're back in the locker room with the players. It seems odd, though. I had heard before he sat in his locker and would, like, start watching the iPad, but just staring there, not doing anything. It was interesting. Casey, you want to try this again? Yeah, let's try it one right, more Let's time. try it again. Here's Joe Burrow. Yeah, not my best. Obviously, I'd like to take care of the ball better. Uh, but as bad as I played in the first half, I thought I, I battled in the second half and put us in position to win the game. So I was proud of that, but obviously got to start stronger. Were there any commonalities that you saw that kind of contributed to make the start that you get more? Just take what the defense gives me. Don't try to force it. You seem visibly bothered by it, you know, kind of just being by your locker when we were all in there. Was that just a normal, you were really upset that you 
didn't play well in the first half or were lost or kind of what was behind why that seemed to you're saying staying in my locker for? Yeah. Oh, I do that every game. Yeah. That's new to us because we haven't been around. There you go. <laughs> COVID. You know, we have some comments. My computer, as I said, I, I uh, brain lock. I did not charge it overnight. It's out of gas. What kind of comments are we getting on YouTube today? We got uh, Chris Harmon. As much as Tom knows baseball, I sure enjoy him talking about football. Well, thank you. It's a good comment. Philip says... Indiana has already sold out, too, for UC. That is true. Steve, check it in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back that up a minute. Indiana's already sold. Oh, you're saying the game the is UC already game, sold out. And yeah. that's at Nippert. That is at Nippert. Next Saturday. Yep. Okay. Week from Saturday. Steve, checking in, saying good morning to all three of us. Uh, Nathan, agreeing with you. OU was a notorious, and I agree, too, for being a party school. Dustin's got a few comments on the AFC North. Mixing Russian for 150 this game is what he's calling. Uh, let's see. I believe that. Yeah, then that'd be good. Uh, apparently, Brian lives right across the street from the Oak, so he's probably seen me stumble out of there a few nights. Um, since he Raz. Are you getting paid by them? Are you getting any money from them at all? Not yet. Not yet. You ought to run it by the owner. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're very close with the owner. Uh, some of the staff, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, since he Raz <laughs> said, shake your fist at the clouds, Tom. Said what? Shaking your fist at the clouds, the old the old man, Tom. Get off my lawn. See, that's it's that is an unfair comment. I will admit when those moments happen, if me asking a simple question, what is the definition uh, of shit? He's, he's just having fun. We're just having fun. Okay. I don't know if he is or not. You can't read that's one of the knocks about texting or messages. Posting yeah. messages is you, you don't know the tone. See, Casey's about to get married. Brandon, you're nowhere close to getting married. Nope. That becomes one of the most important words in the English language. Once you're married for an extended period of time, as I have, getting ready to close in on 22 years. Your tone is not very good. Yeah, I don't, I, Casey, do you do okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, manage my tone. Casey has a nice, pleasant way about him. I mean, just the way he he, he, he You're saying I don't? No, I'm just saying I can see where Casey, right? You don't have an issue so oh, far. Casey's so a, far. a so great far. gentleman. Yeah, I try to keep a calm yeah. calm voice yes. and calm way about myself. Yes. So. Kids I, can change that. Now, my, my fiance, she'll raise hell with me in an instant like that. Well, but, yeah. Bob Brenly, who's from Kashar, is him here yet? No, nope, not yet. Okay. Uh, Bob Brenly, who is from the, the pride of Coshocton, Ohio, played in the big leagues, was a National League All-Star catcher uh, for the San Francisco Giants, uh, was later my broadcast partner, went on to great fame uh, as a broadcaster, still is, announces the Arizona Diamondbacks games on television. Ohio University grad, I might add. Um, he said to me, when I was getting ready to get married in the year 2000, he said, Tom, there are three terms. So, Casey, I'm sharing Bob Brindley wisdom with you. After getting marital advice yesterday from Tracy Jones, this is a little bit different than that advice. And by the way, we're going to post this later on Twitter. Okay, if you didn't see Tracy Jones yesterday. <laughs> Uh, it, it was, it's just an unbelievable segment. We have him on twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. It, it is, it is can't miss 
We call this television. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's can't miss television. Go check it out, the full interview on our YouTube, on our clips section. We'll tweet out the marriage advice yeah, we'll, after okay, this show. Yeah. yeah, but go to the whole, go to YouTube, tell your friends, tell your buddies if you want to laugh. And I got home yesterday, and our son gets home from school. My wife walks in. She's been out running errands. And I said, you guys have to watch this Tracy Jones segment. And my, my wife loved Tracy when he was on <clears throat> WLW. When I, when I found it on YouTube and the chatterbox uh, uh, scrolls down and gives you everything from all the shows here, uh -huh. um, it, it says like 27 minutes. And both of them look at me right away and they're like, we're not sitting here for 27. I said, okay. I said, watch the first five and then let me forward to the last two. And they're like, okay. Well, five minutes into it, both of them can't, can't, can't take their eyes off the screen. And they're both belly laughing, okay? But then, then, you know, you got to get moving. And we started talking about concussions and all that kind of So I go to the last two minutes, and the, uh, the marital <laughs> advice comes up from Tracy Jones. You have to check it out, okay? But Casey, back to the Bob Brenly thing. He says to me, Tom, and he and I had been partners a long time with the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, Fox, everything. He says, Tom, there are three terms you need to learn to be a foundation for a successful marriage. I'm sorry. Honey, you're right and I'm wrong. And I promise I'll never let that happen again. Yeah, I'm gonna have to practice that probably right after this show, after what I just said. So it's, I'm sorry. Yep. Honey, you're right. And I promise I will never let that happen again. That's right. You guys are soft. Golden words to live by as Casey is getting married. You said June, right? Yeah, June, June. 3rd. Okay. And it's an outdoor wedding, right? Yep, outdoor wedding. We had Woo! an outdoor wedding. We had an outdoor wedding. Was it in the middle of the summer? No, it was in November. Oof. Cold? Arizona. Oh, well, that's not too perfect bad then. That's yeah, perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay. Uh, I guess we're not going to have Zim Hude on today. Uh, I don't know what happened, um, but we'll, we'll get him back for sure next week. Um, do we take a break and have cherry on top, or we just want to do cherry on top right now? Let's go ahead and just do cherry on top right now. Okay, fair enough. All right. This is uh, the cherry on top segment. Who else would it be presented by than United Dairy Farmers? Okay. What do we have before you tee it up here, fellas? Well, it is an interesting first pitch by a hockey player, but I think we might have the same issue we just had with the Burrow video. So, um, so let's go to break, and we'll come back and play the cherry on top. Yeah. Well, that it is. We're back in a minute. I understand that uh, we are trying to have at least uh, five minutes with our buddy Zim Hude uh, from back in the Baltimore area. Zim, are you there, my man? You, you got the good-looking lid going there today. Your background's a little bit different than where it's been in the past. What, what, were you doing some kind of construction around there? Did you did you yeah, bust did up you, some yeah. stuff after you, uh, the Bengals got beat last week? What's the deal? Man, I'm going to take you on a tour. It's crazy you said that. I'm going through a lot right here. We're doing some construction. We got some things going on. We're just elevating ourselves every single week, Tom. But right now, it's a little noisy. I said, I got to go on with Tom, boys. They said, okay, well, shut up and go into that other room. All right, so here I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad you're here. Have you calmed down a little bit from last week? 
I'm still a little salty, man, watching the way this thing is played out. We cannot take for granted division games. And, I, I mean, I don't. I hope we can recover from it. But I just think right now we're in a bad, you know, we're in a bad spot because the rest of the division won. And then, you know, we lost. So it, it's really tough. And I hope that it didn't come back to bite us in the butt. You know what I mean? Do you talk to some of these guys who you've gotten to be uh, buddies with, you know, during the week? Any of the players at all? Do you talk to any of these guys? Not about football. I think they think oh, I'm an idiot when it comes to football. So I, I don't really put my expertise out there for that. <laughs> I ask them how they're doing, you know, stuff like that. And then sometimes they give me some info. I did tell the guys that they need to definitely not um, – I don't think Mixon would care. I told Mixon, like, tell coach don't come out there cute. You know, hand you the rock early. I think um, I think he probably would would agree with me. Well, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt he would agree with you. The Bengals are a better team the more times Joe Mixon touches the football. I mean, everybody talks about Chase and Higgins and Boyd, and I get it all, and Hayden Hurst looked pretty good there late in the game after you know really not hearing much from him early. But, but if Mixon's touching the ball a lot, it means, A, he's having success on the ground. Chances are they're winning the game. And, and, you know, a lot of good things are happening more times than not when Mixon gets his hands on the ball. Do you suspect that he will get it a lot on Sunday? I think so. And I think a lot of fans are probably waiting for the Bengals to just clobber the Cowboys. I think that the Bengals will be content with knowing that, hey, we're going up against an inferior quarterback. Uh, you just need to take care of the football. And, it, and that doesn't mean you have to blow teams out because hot take, Tom. I think the defense might be better than the offense this year. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's one game in. And um, as far as the first game of the season is concerned, no one could disagree with your hot take. I will tell you this. The thing that worries me, Zim, and, and you and I talked about this, they need mm -hmm. someone – on the other side of Hendrickson, and, and, and Sam Hubbard has had his moments. He's a nice player, Sam Hubbard. I like his game a lot. He gives you everything he's got. He's a solid, solid NFL player. But I mean as far as a guy coming off the edge and creating yeah. big-time problems as a pass rusher, that's the only area of the team I wonder about. Do you agree or disagree? Because you know this roster upside and downside. I fully agree. I've always said that all great teams, you know, you know, what's so crazy about this whole concept, like the teams that we watch win the Super Bowls, we literally watch them wreck a game up front in the defensive line. When you go That's look right. at that Buccaneers team, what they did to Patty, uh, when you go look at uh, the Eagles team that wins a, a championship, I know that Nick Foles gets a lot of the highlights and stuff, but the rotation of seven or eight guys and then take it forward to this year. The Bills are going to get a lot of highlights off of Josh Allen. But I'm going to tell y'all straight up, that defensive line is the calling card and it's what makes them scary. They got seven guys that I think can start in the NFL, like on any defensive line right now. The eighth guy and Barrett, they didn't even have active um, this past week. I mean, they got some dogs over there. And I just think that the Bengals don't have a, a steady rotation of reliable pass rushers. So that is 100% accurate, Tom. We are linked up with that one. Well, you and I, are, there's no doubt, you and I moving forward are going to be linked up on a regular basis, whether it's, it's here on the program, whether it's on social media. By the way, thanks. You had my back the other day, I understand. 
Somebody was coming after me the other day and you had my back. And I mean, you got, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. So I sure appreciate it. Right. I mean, you know, they, they try to threaten us with Tom. They're like, what? oh, we're going to throw memes. They were like, we want, we're going to put memes on you, Zim. And Tom, I was like, bring that shit on. You, who do you think we are? <laughs> me and Tom were built for this type of shit. What are you talking about, memes? You can't take us out like that. Do you know how we got here? Like, do they know your story? Like, you think you can take us out with memes? <laughs> Joke's on you. Here we come. My man. My man. All right, Zim, we're going to have, before we let you go, this is a, we close the show every week with the cherry on top. And I want your reaction to this. You're able to see what we're putting on the air, right? You can see it from where you're sitting there. All right, take a look at this and tell me your thoughts. This is a great number on Golgoski. I thought for sure he was going to fan this off the grass, but this thing is a strike right down the middle. I'll work on his spin rate a little bit, but uh, yeah, he threw a strike. Dropped a let's go on the end. A lot of nerves right there, but I'm sure he's more comfortable shooting than he is throwing it. Am I supposed to know that? Like, you know, I don't. Okay. He's got the jersey. Okay. I got you. I mean, that's pretty yeah, big that's time right Jesus. there. You know what I mean? That's pretty big time. There's guys that come up there and can't throw that, let alone hit that with a hockey puck. So. No, I mean, we remember our, 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 our former mayor here in town, Mark Mallory. And I mean, that pitch he had. But you know what? I always loved the way that guy, he immediately embraced it. You know what yep. I mean? He went, he, he went on all the late night talk shows. He went on with Letterman. He went on with, you know, back when he was going. And, 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 and he was right. able to laugh at himself. And I thought that right. was great. You got to. Yeah, you got to laugh at yourself. And, man, I'm going to tell you, I saw him at the tailgate over at Bengals Gym. He was doing his thing. And I'm going to tell one thing about this guy, too. Not only is his hair amazing very well clean cut guy you yeah. know uh that you know like super clean yeah the shoe game tom i don't know how much you're into shoes he came out there with a pearly brand new pair of shoes jordan 11 smoking like i bet you seho can tell you about a brand new clear jordan 11 sitting in the mud and i'm saying that's the mayor right there that's how you mayor <laughs> it up when people want to vote and stuff like let's just look at shoes Let's look at, like, you know, key catchphrases and stuff like that. If you want a mayor in my town, your shoes better be on point and you better be ready to stand in the mud. And that's our mayor. Send this to him. <laughs> we approve. All right. Zim, it's always great having you with us. Be ready to go now next week on uh, Monday because this Cowboys game, I, I continue to say this is a must win. They have to win this game. No Dak Prescott. They're a better team. They're a better roster. They got to have this game, and I think they go down there and get it. So, do you stream the game, Zim, for people who want to who want to watch you watch the game? Do you still do that? Sometimes I don't know how the NFL feels. I don't know how they feel about it. So, I, if you okay. know me, you know me. You can, you know, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair I got you. I got you. I Zim, have a good weekend, my man. We love you. God bless right. you. Have a good weekend. All right. All right, let's get this dub, Tom. All right, that's a deal. That's Zim Hude. He's the best. He is the best. Love that guy. Bring in the heat. Love that guy. That was a good call. I, I give you guys the credit for, for I mean, I, I talked about meeting, uh, learning about him from my son, but he's become so enormously popular. Staple of the show. And, and, yeah. and you guys were the ones who came up with the idea. Let's get him on regularly. And, and it's safe to say, 
that so far, I mean, whether you're talking about Sean Casey, whether you're talking about Anthony Munoz, whether you're talking about Brian Billick, whether you're talking anybody we've had, and we've had some great Brent Musburger, mm -hmm. we've had some great guests the first two weeks. By far, the most hits on social media is Zim Hude. Yeah, Zimothy. What? <laughs> Zimothy. Does anybody call him Zimothy he besides said that, you? He said that once, I think, on air. He did. Uh, maybe he said it. To, maybe he said it to me at the tailgate. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a Zimothy. But we'll ask him about it next week. Timothy. Yes. Timothy. <laughs> Old man, right? Tomas. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Well, the dude, the, the dude from uh, Dallas called me an old man. Oh, yeah. Vach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> just tell him that you're Tom Shiesty, and then they'll, uh, they'll know to not mess with you anymore. No. No. We've, what about that, Tom, that, Tom that has been exposed, so Bengal fans, don't, don't, don't go down that road Tom anymore. Tom Shiesty? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to punch me. All right. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. All right. Okay. Fellas, uh, thanks for everything. Have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Everybody at home, stay safe. Uh, best to you and your family and your friends. Godspeed ahead. We'll catch you Monday off the bench. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.